listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. You wanted the best, you got the best. The hottest podcast in the world, it's Rock Talk. And we have a very special episode for you. We are your hosts, John Otney. Colin Westman. And special guest, I don't Arstens. think I'm a host. No, you're not a host. You no. are now. I'm just a special guest. Yeah. Well, introduce yourself. I'm Matt Kirsten. Because <laughs> I'm not doing like a fourth intro to this, all right? I should have given a shout out to Tacoma. Tacoma. There'll be plenty of shout outs to Tacoma. That's my favorite part about going to shit concerts like in weird cities. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's even better when you go to see Oasis and they don't know where they are and you're in Everett and they say, what fuck Everest? (laughs) That's even better. Um, So yeah, this uh, this is Rock Talk and we have a special episode for you because... This is our first episode ever where we'll be talking about a live performance that we all attended. And it wasn't just any live performance. It was the last show Kiss will ever play in Tacoma. Because if you didn't know, uh, the rock band Kiss is currently on their end of the road tour. After this, they are supposedly hanging up their cleats. So if you want to see Kiss live, this tour is your last chance. And if you're on the fence about seeing the show... Maybe we can change your mind, but we'll, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you hate Kiss. Uh, so before we recap the show, which we're going to kind of go through the set list, I have a question for both of you, and we'll start with you, uh, Nancy, because you're our special, special guest on this very special episode. So how excited uh, were you for the show going in, and what were your expectations? Uh, I mean, I was excited, and I guess I thought i knew what was gonna happen but i i don't know like i thought i would get it but i didn't i didn't for some reason i just didn't like i thought it would be fun but i had a lot more fun than i you know not that i thought it wouldn't be fun but you know what i mean i was just like when we were in the middle of it i was just like yeah this is like so awesome well if you did what we did and like read about like what the kiss fan community is writing about See, yeah online. i definitely didn't uh, <laughs> get in i got into that afterward because you had talked yeah. about it but there's definitely a lot of people who are like oh my god just don't see kiss they're terrible this isn't even a band anymore this is a joke and i'm like oh my god what are we getting into See, but these people like thought kiss was a band before (laughs) (laughs) that's true they did think kiss was a band before and i think we'll weigh in on that at the end uh colin what about you Uh, how excited were you what were your expectations um i mean i was pretty excited just maybe because i didn't have any expectations (laughs) like yeah i had never planned on seeing kiss uh in my life even though they're a band that i've probably thought about more than most bands that i that i genuinely love um i think a weird thing for me expectations wise is just the fact that when i think about kiss as a live band i don't really think much about them as like a modern touring band in 2019 i kind of just think of them as the this very like 70s spectacle of them still like breathing fire and doing a bunch of antics and stuff but you know i just think about the original 
lineup doing that. And so, you know, I guess I didn't think about the fact that there would be all these modern touches to what their live show is now with, you know, uh, video screens with crappy like CG cinematics, <laughs> which I'm sure oh, yeah. we'll talk, about, talk and, about that. And just tons of lasers and fireballs. I mean, I, I guess I have to wonder at what point fireballs got <laughs> thrown into the, the Kiss live show. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I know there was like a fire element in the 70s, but I'm sure it it's gotten more pronounced over the years. So, uh, and, and I guess just like all the live footage I ever watch on YouTube is always just Kiss in the 70s. Like I kind of have this thing where I just block out the fact that they were a band during the 80s, 90s, and... 2000s and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the fact that they played songs from that you know their whole <laughs> career uh for better or for worse um yeah it seems like kind of the gist of this tour was kind of encompassing like their entire history or history like the good and bad of it <laughs> every decade as many albums as they can represent and it'll be interesting getting into that. I mean, I know I was like fucking through the roof. I was so stoked. I was definitely concerned with, you know, with the, with the Reddit community, like what they what they had informed me that I was getting into. So that got me a little nervous. But I still, I couldn't change the fact that even though this isn't the original lineup, we got Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer in there. You know, I'm going to get to see Gene Simmons spit fire. And that's like, I guess now, you know, like the, the chances to see that are becoming less and less, so. But yeah, let's get into it. So the night of the show was a Saturday night. It was at the Tacoma Dome, which seems kind of perfect for me. I don't know why. Just like I've never been there, but like I associate the Tacoma Dome with like monster truck rallies and like boat shows. It's like I just think it's so funny that even on their last tour, they're not playing in Seattle. They're playing in Tacoma. I mean, granted, it's a big venue. It just I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny. Maybe that's just me. Should we go back a little earlier than this on the setup for the? Yeah, I actually I never really found out how that um how that played out because um. For, for the pre-planning, I, I, can't, I don't know when it was, and, and, and Nancy, you may know more about it now, but, you know, at some point back in, like, the fall or early winter, your girlfriend Nicole was like, hey, I'm going to surprise uh, Matt with um, KISS tickets. Do you guys all want to go? And we'll all do a big KISS show, like, for Christmas. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Somehow also Sean got roped into that, our friend Sean, even though Sean does not like KISS. <laughs> <laughs> and we all we all we all went but i never actually found out what it was like when when you got those tickets yeah so i was opening it like she got me a bunch of kiss stuff like <laughs> like little presents you know mm-hmm. leading up to the end of christmas and so i got this like sweet comic book where they're all like super totally ripped and <laughs> i haven't read it yet i'm too scared to open it it's like in pristine condition <laughs> what like, is it from it's got to be from, like, the late 90s. It's got to be, like, Psycho okay. Circus period. Yeah. There's a lot of Kiss comics in the late yeah. 90s. Yeah. And it's pretty sweet. And I got a... I got a... Uh, I think I got Destroyer on vinyl. It's pretty sweet. Nice. Wow. I don't have a record player, but... But, uh, yeah, so then I got to the end, and it was, you know, packaged in... The, the tickets were packaged in, like, you know, packaging, packaging, packaging. Presents within presents. And I was just like... I was I was shocked. I was like, it's just it's funny because it's always something like when they came to like Kennewick, you know. Yeah. We like we kind of joked <laughs> about go going. That. Yeah, we joked about going, but we never like. 
like I, I didn't even see like like my favorite class like i never saw rush before they stopped touring you know so it's like yeah and like i really don't think they're gonna actually tour anymore but <laughs> so like i never thought i'd have the guts to actually uh follow up on actually going to kiss so i'm i'm very grateful for nicole making it happen <laughs> yeah I don't think we would have gone either, despite the fact that uh, <laughs> we have we very close push. ties to yeah. Kiss. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why. I guess, I guess we just assumed it would be stupid. <laughs> it's just a big now. commitment to like go through with. I mean, you know, concerts are a whole thing. You got to like go and leave the house. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, I mean, I, I I haven't seen many concerts that are that were on that scale of the exactly yeah. like really the only comparison for me was i saw you two back yeah. in like 2011 that was at quest field which i guess that was a bigger show than this but it's also weird that it's like isn't quite as big as they think they are <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think they ever have been really like they seem like they should be a band that could fill out sports arenas, but I don't know if they ever have. I mean, I guess they did like Tigers Stadium on that yeah. 1996 reunion tour, but like they're never like quite as huge as the biggest bands in the world. Yeah. Even I mean, there, they, there's the two levels. Like, there's arenas, which like the Tacoma Dome is basically an arena. And know. then there's stadiums, you know? Yeah. So they're <laughs> they not can play arenas, not stadiums. Yeah, but I mean that's for them to still fill an arena is pretty cool. Yeah, and it was pretty full, and it was a lot of boomers, which I was used to. Like I've been to, the, I've I've seen the Beach Boys. I've you know been to nostalgia concerts, but like Kiss is like has like cool boomers. Like am I right? Like some of the people <laughs> that we saw at this. There's show. like guys that like you know the things that kill me are like the guys that look exactly like they did in 1982 you know they look like they're at like a metal show and it's just like like he's got the sleeveless leather jacket on he's got the oh yeah still got his long hair even though it's a little thinner he's you know it's like that's the guy like what does he do during the regular parts of the day I don't. He definitely calls into the radio station a lot. Yeah. That's one thing he does. <laughs> but I don't know what else he does. Also, I noticed a surprising, uh, a surprising amount of children. Why do you guys think mm-hmm. there's so many kids there? I mean, people want to bring their kids and force their kids to relive, you know, the best musical experience <laughs> of their life. I guess there are pretty kid friendly i guess they're i mean they're like comic book heroes except they're rock stars i don't know um yeah i don't know that any of paul stanley's banter was that like pg-13 or r-rated yeah it's pretty pretty pg yeah some of the gene simmons stuff is a little edgier but you gotta like show your kids that some sometime someday (laughs) <laughs> they they got to be exposed to it at some point. It's inevitable. Yeah. Also, a lot of uh, something fun about seeing Kiss in concert: a lot of costumes and makeup. What were your guys' favorite costumes or, or, or makeup? Tell you what, my least favorite is. I hate people okay. that just do the black and no white. That's so lame. <laughs> like, just put the star over your eye or something. And it's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely, Eric Carr was my favorite. <laughs> Did you look at that 
Did you look at that guy during the show? <laughs> I mean, yes, but why? Why do you ask? He's just like awesome. He's just like it's like the greatest night of his life. But he was like pretty serious about it. Like, but there were definitely parts where he was like headbanging and like you know yeah. the rock sign. I could just feel I could feel that it meant a lot to him. Right. Did you see anyone wearing the uh, Vinnie Vincent no. Warrior <laughs> no, face paint? No, I, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, and, and for those who don't know, the Eric Carr makeup is uh, after Peter Chris was, was kicked out of the band in the late 70s. They had um, a couple albums, at least only one that I know of where they're, like, they're on the cover um, all wearing makeup, and Eric Carr was the fox. He wore the fox makeup for the Creatures of the Night album. And there's a guy wearing that fox makeup. And I only saw that guy wearing that makeup. So that's pretty impressive. That's hardcore, man. Uh, but you know what's even more hardcore is we had seats on the floor, which I didn't know going in. And I feel like Tacoma Dome treated as like, dude, this is like really serious. You're on the floor. Like we can't let anyone pass <laughs> through the floor. <laughs> like people kept trying to make their way down to the floor of the arena and like getting turned away. Yeah, and I wasn't sure what that was all about. <laughs> was it like, <laughs> I, I assume most people were just trying to pass through or something. They were trying to sneak down to the floor. <laughs> but the floor was pretty ch- like, like chill. You could like walk around too, you know? Yeah. There wasn't as like the lines weren't nearly as bad. You had a pretty good view. I mean, you're, you're on the fucking floor, man. Yeah, I think you were and a little more impressed than everyone else. I was imp- I was very impressed with being on the floor. We were on the floor, but we were in like the farthest back corner of the floor. <laughs> there One of those like of... aging metal dudes we were just talking about was behind us, you know. Yeah. We were with the real fans. Yep. <laughs> I mean, That's were... the important thing is if we were with the real fans. There were lots of people in seats, like who had better seats than us who are on the because like the real fans get seats on the floor but not too close because they're still skeptical of like if kiss is like really like a band you know like they have <laughs> they need to be sold on it uh so going into this i i'd looked up about like opening acts and stuff and supposedly it was supposed to have been at least at a couple of shows they had a, a painter which means a guy who does rock and roll paintings who so kept sitting around waiting for a, a painter and that painter uh, never came. Do you guys feel kind of gypped that there was no opening act? No. No, Kiss should not have an opening act. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Like, some cities got that, and we just got literally just nothing, but still the same amount of songs. That's all right. It, it gave... All we got were ads for Kiss Army serious radio. Yeah, Which super see. stoked, by the way. Totally gonna get that. Um, but, you know... Uh, Anyways, I'd, I'd, I'd looked up to see what song even started before Kiss went on. And that, of course, is Led Zeppelin's Rock and Roll, because this is rock and roll. You were at a rock show. And after that song ended, dark, famous uh, announcement that I tried to open this podcast with. You hear the opening notes of Detroit Rock City, and the curtain falls down, and they're down on platforms coming down. And I don't know. I I had chills. Like that was pretty sick. But at the same time, like I was like, ah, they're not going to be able to do that again. <laughs> like nothing's going to equal them coming down, or so I thought. I don't know. Are you guys pretty stoked? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, I didn't really, I didn't know about that. Like I know, the, I knew the set list, but I didn't really know like the shtick and like all the things that they did in the show necessarily. <laughs> so, like I knew there was platforms. It was annoying. The way everybody filmed it, 
Oh god, yeah. Or for, like, at least I for the first see anything. song. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the bummer about yeah. concerts these days. Yeah, I like literally couldn't see anything cuz I was you know, I'm not that tall, so. Yeah. It's I mean, it was hard for anyone to see. I had trouble seeing. I, I definitely watched a lot of the show through the screens. Thank God they're so huge. It sounded pretty good. Um Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of keep keep going through it unless anyone has any so have they been opening with have they been opening with detroit rock city a lot i thought it was always deuce i'm pretty sure they have i mean on a live two i think detroit rock city opens that i I would assume so it's a different record but well yeah (laughs) it it seems like a a, i don't know more fitting opener just because it's a more famous song than deuce I mean, yeah, it's got the do 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 do. I mean, because the thing that's perfect is it builds up to an explosion. Yeah. It's the perfect song to cue with an explosion. Yeah. I feel like we gotta let the people know that there's a lot of explosions in the show, like a bunch, especially on the first and like last couple of songs, like fire pyrotechnics. I don't think I'd ever gone to like a concert. That was like that. Maybe like a Vegas show or something, but certainly not a rock concert. <laughs> or maybe this is more like a Vegas show. Uh, I, I believe they followed that with sh- uh, Shout Out Loud, another easy sing-along song. It was at this point that like I noticed how fun it was to watch Gene Simmons in particular. Like I didn't realize I was such a Gene fan until I went to the show. <laughs> like Some of the stuff he does... like. I feel like one that we that all got us was there's that move where he like takes his finger and puts his whole finger in his mouth suggestively. Yeah, I don't really get that. Yeah, because like that seems like something like a woman would do, like a porn star or something. Not just a like, dude. Look at me, I'm sucking a dick. <laughs> yeah, just like he's sucking a dick. What the hell is he doing? I did listen to a part of the Paul Stanley audiobook today where he talked about how like. He tried to make his character very flamboyant so it could be, like, interpreted as uh, attractive to, like, anyone. <laughs> He's like, it could wow. be interpreted heterosexually, homosexually, bisexually. He just wants all the demographics. That's, that's a lot of confidence. Well, that's how am I supposed to interpret Gene Simmons, though? Because Gene Simmons seems like he's supposed to be scary, but then also, like, I'm sexy monster. There's <laughs> <laughs> something. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as that sexy, so I didn't that, understand that, that move. That particular move just, um, to me, was kind of, it seemed improvised. And, like, he was already in the middle of it. And maybe he's like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> Feels more like a Paul Staley move. Maybe yeah. I should post on Reddit, like, did, did he do this at any other show? I, yeah, I actually tried Googling it, trying to find out <laughs> if that's like a move he does. Because so many of the Kiss things that I found out through watching old live footage are like, they've been doing a lot of the kind of banter they've been doing for like 30 years. Like so little has changed. Once they like settle into something, they stick with it. Like that's how they do that song. And that's how they do the banter before that particular song. And I have some comments on about that regarding a couple other songs later on. <laughs> I feel like the first banter he, he threw out there was just, does anybody here believe in rock and roll? Which is classic Paul Staley. Just like so dumb, but like a very easy thing to get a bunch of dumb people in a stadium to just yell fun. in response to. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I definitely appreciate stuff like that way more than I'm gonna close my eyes and point to different parts of the crowd to see who can cheer the loudest. Like that stuff is the most boring filler that I think you could include in between yeah. songs. I hated that. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you gotta kill time when you gotta like set up for all the different like <laughs> shenanigans that go on in each song. It just seems like if you're gonna put all this work into all this, you know this elaborate stage show with pyrotechnics, you could come up with something a little more clever in terms of audience participation. No, I don't know. I mean, they did include some stuff on other songs like here, let's learn how to sing this song or say this chant, blah, blah, blah. But that pointing thing fucking sucked. Okay. Next they played deuce, which I thought was super sweet. You know, this is like old school, especially if you're a fan of alive, I believe deuce opens alive. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if you're like a Kiss fan, you know that that's like the song that Ace Freely first practiced with the band. You know, they had the black and white footage on the screen of them, but I feel like there's very little Ace, and I couldn't tell if there's any Peter in that. I feel like they've totally erased their personas. I mean, like they're they're them, not their personas, but them as people from the the history. Man. Which I found kind of sad, but I mean, Deuce is fucking sweet. I just like my favorite <laughs> lyric ever opens that song. Get up and get your grandma out of here. <laughs> That's so awesome. Is it? Yeah. Yes. It's like, what does that even mean? She's like, this is rock and roll. There's this no is rock grandma. and roll. Is it get your grandma out? What's the next line? I don't know. Get your grandma out of here. Like we're gonna have sex in here. <laughs> Or like, or like, I assume yeah. it's like this. This ain't your grandma's music or something. Exactly. So get her out of here. Probably that would be the first thing that I suggested. <laughs> it's just like, it sounds like a parody lyric, you know, but it's not. They got a lot of those. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's funny. I had a, I told, I had a client on Monday morning, and I told him that we went to kiss, and and he's just he's trying to get me to tell him like why I like kiss, you know? And all I could say was just like, it, it literally is like, like bad rock and roll in its purest form. You know, it's just like, but it's, yeah. it's, it's not bad. It's just, I don't know. Bad's the wrong word. It's just like, yeah. it's like rock and roll at its simplest. Mm-hmm. It is purest. Like it's not trying to be anything that it's not, you know, it just, I don't know. Am I doing a good job? No, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what Kiss is hitting like, every cliche essentially. Yeah, just <laughs> like, and that's why I have so much fun playing that kind of music because it's just like you don't have to think too hard. You know, once no. once you once you nail your part that you want to play, and like watching all these like interviews with Ace, and uh, I've been watching a lot of interviews with Ace, and he's just talking about like, he's like I don't even know how to play guitar. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, uh, showing this guy how to play, like shock me and and do. He's like, oh, how do you play deuce? He's like, I don't remember. Kind of like this. And he just like plays it. He's like, I don't even know what that is. And he's like, yeah. When I auditioned for the band, I just like went in there and like started. They're like, all right, here's a song. And I just started like playing a bunch of stuff. And they're like, that's bad. That's bad. Okay, that sounds kind of cool. And, it's it's not like it's just like all right play until something sounds pretty good and we'll just go with that i feel like that approach to rock and roll the the ace freely approach to rock and roll is the most rock and roll thing ever just like (laughs) let's just do it like i don't even know we can play let's just do it 
Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to think about it. You know, just like I don't think Paul was thinking when he wrote Say Yeah, which was the next song in the show, which was a, a terrible song. It's from one of their more re- <laughs> the most recent album, I think. It's- or maybe it's from no, it's from Sonic Boom. I'm pretty think, sure it's from like, Sonic Boom. Their second to last album. That's like 2009, mm-hmm. and uh, this is one of those songs where um, Paul Stanley has to show the audience like how to sing. You know, just has to say yeah, 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 and yeah. it sucked. I was totally lost. <laughs> it's funny how like these songs that I really know. It's like I feel like I can get I get every nuance of the song. I hear everything. Like it all makes sense, and then I hear a song like "Say Yeah," and I can't, like, I can't follow it at all. Yeah, I'm super confused. I, I know, what, I know what you're saying because it's like, it's like it I can't find the melody in the song. Because it's just not a good song. It doesn't like, yeah, there is no like particular melody that's catchy or anything. It doesn't have a good structure. It doesn't have a good hook. It doesn't it doesn't have what the good ones have. <laughs> It's, it's it's definitely one of those just yeah just we're trying to we're trying to sound like our old selves and cash in on nostalgia but we I don't f- really know how to anymore. Yeah, I feel like they're not trying. I don't know. Maybe they're trying, but they're not. I feel like it'd be pretty easy to like write some songs. I feel like the new songs they're trying to be a little bit different. You know, they're trying to like stretch their legs a little bit, but it's just like as soon as you do that, you can't. You, it's you're unrecognizable sort of like i feel like the verse of say yeah definitely feels like it was written in a post alternative rock world exactly <laughs> like, yeah. like it's slightly modern but like they're still trying to do the the party rock thing do you think uh the last two kiss albums in particular i mean i haven't really heard them but do you think those are albums like Paul Stanley actually wanted to write, or it just seemed like a good marketing move to have a, a new album. I think I think you want to write new music. It's just... I don't know because because I heard um, a while back this was after their last album, I think Monster, when they're asking, "Oh, is uh, Kiss going to do any more albums?" And Gene Simmons was like, "Oh, maybe." And Paul Stanley's like, "Kiss has enough songs." <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't I don't think I don't think a new album is a good marketing tool tool for a tour i mean you can launch a tour off you don't think so why not because nobody cares about a new kiss album like no one's going to see kiss because of the oh i want to hear them play the new record <laughs> i think it just somehow to, it, it makes the tour like a little more special it's like this is the sonic boom tour i mean it makes the tour a it's something to promote like, yeah to promote but it's like nobody cares <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even on those shows or those tours, they they'll only play like one song from those new albums. So, though to be fair, I think Kiss more than any other <laughs> like classic rock act is a band that people go to see only like fifty percent for the music. <laughs> the other part is just like the spectacle and like that's true. But just you w- you want to hear you want to hear the classic songs. Yeah, I don't think any. I don't think anybody's going to kiss just for the spectacle. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's yeah. like it's. I'm just saying it's not all the music where <laughs> I guess most artists. I think if you polled most people, the they music. wouldn't care how many. If you polled most people, they wouldn't care how many songs they play off Sonic Boom or whatever. Maybe they, they'd they'd prefer that they play some older songs. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even get my two favorite songs so. 
<laughs> well, I hope you got one of your other favorite songs with Heavens on Fire. Because I know, I know you like your 80s oh, yeah. kiss. Exactly. So I'm hoping that at least helps scratch, scratch that itch. That scratched the itch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a song I wasn't super familiar with um, before. I, I don't know, a few weeks before the show, but then a couple of days before the show, like. I got familiar with it, and it, it kind of got in my head a little bit. I think that's one of their better '80s songs. I don't mind it as much. Mm. I mean, I I like "Lick It Up" quite a bit. I did too after seeing the show. Like, it's not one of their songs I think about or listen to much, but it, yeah. it sounded it sounded good live. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that. Well, we'll talk about it later, but <laughs> yeah, that was a highlight. Well, let's get closer to it because it's only two songs from this, uh, from where we're at. The song after Heaven's on Fire, they played War Machine, which is a song I wasn't super familiar with either. It's on Creatures of the Night. I believe it's the last track on that album, and it was fucking sweet. Okay, this is where we can start talking about some of the graphics. Does anyone want to describe the graphics to War Machine? I don't really remember. You don't remember? Colin, I'm sure you remember. It was like a shitty CG dragon flying around, and then there's like this warrior guy who's like shooting the dragon, and then like bullet casings with the KISS logo on it are like falling down. And then it just like looks like a big video game by the end of it, where it's just like warrior guys fighting dragons. <laughs> but like an older video game. Yeah, like that again. Like, uh, I don't know. Shit's expensive. Yeah. So that's probably one of those things where it's like they produced that in like 2003 or something and then yeah. just kept it. Like, I, we don't I, need to change it. I don't know. Like, I I could I could see that being produced now, but like... They just don't not, have... They just don't have the, the budget money. to yeah. really make it look really good, you know? It's using 2003, like, technology. <laughs> all right fair enough okay it looked okay it was funny i was just i was just into it it's like it's a sweet song it's a sweet riff uh it's a gene gene heavy song and i believe this is the song where he ended it by uh spitting fire which is something he's been doing since the 70s weirdly enough he did it with a sword has it always been with a sword is that a newer thing that's probably a newer thing. I don't. I don't think he's using a sword in the seventies. Also, it wasn't the blade of the sword; it was the handle. Like, yeah. why would you hold the blade? I guess it's just way more metal that way, <laughs> or maybe it's just more easy to get the handle like soaked, you know, in yeah. gasoline or whatever, and then blow on that as opposed to having like the whole sword. Make maybe it'd be harder to conduct or something. Because I also know. Um, you know, there's because Kiss will you know look for any way to make a puck. You can buy that sword after every show. <laughs> that exact sword, the exact sword that's used in the show. There's a different sword used every night, and you can buy it. I don't know if anyone has bought any of the swords. I would love to know. <laughs> I assume they're like super expensive. Actually, I think you can go to Gene Simmons um shop okay gene simmons axe.com this is a website you can go to that i i found out about um there's some like youtube video of a guy talking about kiss uh i think i can actually find the the price of one of those swords because you can you can basically go to this this online store and buy every base or you know anything that uh gene has ever used (laughs) or at least the kind of base okay so god there's so many different kinds of bases where is the swords though 
Oh, I don't see the swords. All right, I'll have to uh, check in on that later. Meet Gene on tour. Meet <laughs> Gene. I shouldn't have got uh, my Hofner violin bass. I should have gotten this fucking axe bass. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you that if you want the yeah the classic axe. Uh, God. Stage played pricing starts at nine thousand nine hundred and ninety five dollars. <laughs> ninety five dollars though. They're giving you five bucks off. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I like that it says will vary based on on show date, blood song, etc. Like. What? Why would it? How vary? fucked up like, it is. Why would it fluctuate? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the, sometimes they're in better condition than others. Is there like a bidding thing where like it's in demand, so some nights it's gonna be more expensive because someone else wants it too? Okay, I found the I found the stage torch sword, guys. If you want to buy the stage torched fire sword from a Kiss show, it is twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Holy shit. <laughs> For something that I'm sure you could buy at like Excalibur, you know that stupid sword store for like five hundred dollars. I kind of want to take the Gene Simmons master class. <laughs> Is that a thing? What could that entail exactly? It's on the website. It's like how to, but is it like a legit master class or is it just his own master class? The Gene Simmons Ultimate Rockstar Experience. Hmm. It's on the Kiss Cruise. Your Rockstar experience includes experience number one, the Masterclass experience. It's on the Kiss Cruise. I'll have to watch this trailer for it later. You will meet Gene Simmons. You will learn to play bass from Gene Simmons. You will write a song with Gene Simmons. You will perform on stage with Gene Simmons. That's right. You'll be side by side on stage with the God of Thunder as you learn how to become your own rock god. Don't know how to play a note? No worries. The demon will show you how. And just when you think it's over, you actually get to take home a Gene Simmons bass signed and personalized by Gene Simmons. And I assume that's like $30,000. Well, it's probably included with the cruise, which I'm sure is I don't. I expensive. doubt that's included with the cruise. Oh, you have to... I bet it's a buy the cruise. You have to buy the cruise ticket and then buy the special master class. Yeah, I'm sure on that cruise they're finding every single way to make more money. So of course they're going to have extra mm. add-ons that you can buy. Yeah, it doesn't even say the price. Wouldn't you like secretly like love to go on the Kiss cruise? <laughs> I don't know if I'd like know. the people I would be yeah. around with every day. It's, it's like it'd be the worst. I'd love people. to take that master class though. Yeah, and like use the song as a poon song that we wrote with Gene. Yeah. <laughs> so we can give him writing credit. <laughs> give him a writing credit. Gene Simmons. I want to know how much it costs, but it doesn't say. It's too much to say. I feel like we could have a whole podcast where we're talking about Gene Simmons' business ventures. So mm-hmm. let's get back to the show. Next, they played "Lick It Up." Um. Which you guys are pretty stoked about. I've never been a huge Lick It Up fan, but it seemed to get the crowd pretty... The crowd was into it, for sure. Yeah. Anytime there's a song that the crowd can sing along on the chorus, that's a good thing, which is not as much on War Machine or Say Yeah, even though Paul was trying. It's like, Say Yeah, just you couldn't figure out how to sing along. You just go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even that, it's like not what the melody is. 
I can't. I cannot, for the life of me, remember how the melody went. It just sounds like I'm singing "Come on, feel the noise" when I try to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what was interesting about uh, this version of "Look It Up" that they've been doing for a while now is it has a "Won't Get Fooled Again" interlude. Now, Colin, I know you're a huge Who fan. How, how did that set with you? I like how they do not talk about it. What do you mean? They don't like acknowledge that they're doing a won't get fooled again interlude well i feel like they don't ever acknowledge that there are other bands in the world other than kiss (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i guess i guess they didn't i mean they just did like the little thing on guitar and then paul stanley just went yeah but i was like it I mean, but you loved it, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I feel like you turned to me in the middle of it, and you were like, I don't remember this part that sounds like The Who. <laughs> and I was like, is, is this The Who? And it was The Who. And then, but I was telling you after they played that, that I remembered something that made it even more interesting that they included that. There was a whole tour, because I guess I've looked at every tour that Kiss has played in their entire lifespan. There's a one tour in the 80s where they opened every show with Won't Get Fooled Again. Hmm. So, again, it's paying tribute to their history by including Won't Get Fooled Again as an interlude. So, That's like a deep, deep cut for the fans, is, is yep. bringing that back into the set list. Another deep cut that I hell appreciated was they played 100,000 Years, which another classic moment from alive though i'm sure they just included it so they'd have a good spot for the drum solo so everybody else could take a break <laughs> they're so old solo. yeah how old is tommy thayer he's not that old right? he's gotta be I'm like i guess tommy thayer's like 58 yeah yeah he's yeah. quite a bit younger than me <laughs> yeah like gene simmons is a what like 68 or 69 maybe yeah oh uh, yeah forever 69 <laughs> <laughs> You're just not going to age past that point. Yeah, I loved I loved hearing uh, Paul talk about his drum solo on Alive. It's like chopped up so much because he can't like barely play for like ten minutes straight. He can't play like a regular song correct because he's so bad. Peter Chris, he's not. But I thought, he's not even yeah. like an actual drummer. He's like he's like a piece of garbage human. <laughs> It's so weird that Paul and Gene always say that. I've, I don't know. Whenever I watch clips of Peter Chris, he seems fine. He seems he's a piece like, of shit. Colin. I know, but he seems like exactly at the same level as everyone else who are just like competent musicians. I think they just hate him personally, and because the only thing he brings to the band is his drumming, they just like shit on that. Although he does sing some songs. Dude, do you remember that homeless guy who tried to impersonate Peter Chris in the 80s? That dude is better than Peter Chris. <laughs> yeah. A little si- side note here. I f- I, I'm trying to find out how much it costs to get the Gene Simmons Masterclass. <laughs> but I found a, the Gene Simmons Vault. Have you heard of this? No. It's, it's a $2,000 box set. That includes a 10-CD collection, uh, a 50-year time capsule that serves as the soundtrack to my life. Uh, includes wow. songs written by him uh, with Bob Dylan. 
Um, it weighs like 50 pounds. It's like an actual safe. And if you really want the full experience, you can get the $50,000 version where he comes to your house and drops it off. <laughs> Wait, how much is that? $50,000. $50,000? So you're telling me for like an amount of money that some people don't make in a year... If I drop that, I can get Gene Simmons to come to my house. It delivers. It's basically a $48,000 shipping charge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's, like, one of the craziest things that I've heard in terms of things that Kiss sell. Nice. He says, it's the largest box set of all time. And that's still available. Uh, I don't know. This was... This was... April last year. So, all right. Do we need to take about talk about the uh, the Eric Singer drum solo? It was pretty good. I think he's a good drummer. I like him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like a great guy. He's not a piece of shit. The apparently, he's rose. a pro. That, see, that's cool. the thing you get with these Kiss shows is like, you know, him and Tommy Thayer. They're just pros. I was reading all about Tommy Thayer and how he he was like basically the, the Kiss intern. Like he just like worked was for he like Gene a guitar Simmons tech, like or he was like a guitar tech. He was a producer. He helped like write a bunch of Kiss songs in the nineties. He's just like wow. he had like a million different jobs, and then he just like was ready to become the spaceman when it was time. So it's kind of like when you hear about those guys that train for like twenty years with like sushi chefs. Says like I all I do is rice. That's all I do. And I've been doing for twenty years, and then eventually they get to move on to something else. Yeah, I'm all I'm kind of all about Tommy Thayer, and I was like looking at his like custom Epiphone Les Pauls. I was like, oh, you know, trying to get one of those. But I mean, I think Eric Singer's like a pretty good sport too, because he was he was their drummer, you know, after um, Eric Carr passed, and then got kicked out of the band for the reunion tour, and then brought back in, and then kicked out again for the you know. Well, like when you're just a pro like that, you you don't you know you're just grateful to have work when you have it. (laughs) not they, 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 they don't get their feelings hurt like they because they're not they know they're not like real part of the band <laughs> i wonder how many people go to these shows and, and aren't even aware that that's not the original drummer of <laughs> probably quite a few probably like a, f- a few hundred <laughs> a few hundred people don't know who that man on stage is that's funny but everyone knows The God of Thunder, which was the next song in the set. And I, I think this was my favorite moment of the entire show. So Gene uh, rises above the stage, clouds or gas or whatever, some sort of fog covers him. You can only see him on the screen. And he starts spitting blood, which is just so gross. But, like, I'm <laughs> super into it. And I, I, I think it was funny. That's like I was talking to Sean after the show. And Sean was like, I didn't realize Gene Simmons was the villain of Kiss. <laughs> and it is, it's pretty, like, gross and villainous. But, man, it gets you fucking pumped. And, like, he was trying to get all this reaction from the crowd. And he kept doing that move where he, he like, folds his arm defiantly <laughs> and, like, looks at you like, is that the best you got? Like he's out of a <laughs> I wish... 90s sitcom yeah. or something. I wish our band Poon got enough attention, you know, and applause to where we could just fold our arms and wait till we got more applause to continue the show. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great move. 
I was confused why, like, even before he did the blood thing, he was, like, yeah. drooling a lot. Yeah, he did this weird mouth move where he's just like, <laughs> and just like drools coming out of his mouth. And then after the blood, it was just like bloody drool. Yeah. It's hard to say how much of it is the character and how much of it is just the fact that he's like a 69-year-old man. <laughs> Maybe he just can't stop drooling on stage. <laughs> and this, um, something uh, funny is earlier I was talking about how kind of when Kiss finds a way of how they want to do something, that's like that's the way they do it, and they don't change it. And um, I watched a, a clip of uh, God of Thunder from when they played it at, I think it was the, one of the, the Tiger Stadium show back in the 90s. And um, like all the, the blood spitting thing was, I mean, I didn't have the screens, but for the most part, it was exactly the same. Right down to that back and forth crowd work he did where he went, Oh yeah, and they go. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, exact same thing. That's twenty like two years ago, and he's doing it the exact same way. Why not? I, I guess if if it, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Like, it just it, it seems. I feel like you get bored, right? Doing that so many times. No one gets bored of money. <laughs> no one gets bored of money. You know, if they're even really. I'll get into it. I got some stuff to say. I'll, I'll get in. Uh, so they go from God of Thunder to, to Cold Gin. Again, fan of Alive, you live for this shit. Uh, classic song by Ace Frehley. Um, except they have like that weird Tommy Thayer extended guitar solo at the end of it. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 you thought it was fucking sweet? What was so sweet about it? I just like, I just really appreciate Tommy Thayer. You just really appreciate it? You know, <laughs> I, for I some think reason, he's I my favorite member of Kiss. Well. Your favorite member of Kiss. Your all-time favorite member of Kiss? All-time. Oh, man, you know, it's got to be, you got to go with Eric Carr, though. He's just such a good guy. <laughs> I think Tommy Thayer's a good guy. But who's a gooder guy? Tommy Thayer seems like a pretty good guy. Okay, he's the goodest guy. <laughs> Out of all the good guys. It's funny how all the original members of Kiss are such assholes, but every single other guy, actually scratch at, not Vinnie Vincent, every, almost every <laughs> other guy has been like super nice guy. Vinnie Vincent seems pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, not a lot of mention uh, of him at the, at the show. Um, but yeah, the Tommy Thayer solo, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't find a guitar solo as impressive as a drum solo. I don't know why that is. Well, like nothing he's doing is impressive. Like it's not like he's... You know, any idiot can play guitar. <laughs> is it because he has to stay within the confines of Ace's talent? Like, he can't no, play better than how Ace could no, play? No, no. What he does is physically, like, and technically better than anything Ace has ever done. And, like, you could tell, like, during his solos and just regular songs. Like, he's not just doing Ace so- solos some of the time, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just, like... You can only like solo in the style of Kiss for so long and make it interesting. You know, it's just yeah. licks is all it and, is. And I guess it doesn't help when there's a guitar solo in every song. <laughs> like a, a drum solo is a novel thing because there isn't one in every song. But like, yeah, we we had had a lot of guitar solos up to that point. And but, we're not even mentioning the interactive part of this solo. Or, I mean, in the, in the, in the, it, at least visual aspect of it, where he's they're shooting uh, he's shooting sparks from his guitar at screens of UFOs, <laughs> which I wasn't super impressed by. I don't know. It was okay. Yeah. 
I just really wish Ace was there. That I, like I, I was so sad. Like when every time I thought about, oh, I wish Ace was here because I've come to appreciate Ace more and more. Like over the past like couple of months. No. Even though he's a piece of shit, I guess I don't know. Maybe he's not a piece of shit. Because he was never like, according to him, he was never actually kicked out of Kiss. He always quits. Peter Chris was kicked out of Kiss both times, Man. or his one time was a contract dispute. But all the other times, kicked out. Ace leaves on his own accord. Uh, moving on, Kiss played Psycho Circus. I hate this song. Why do they have to play this song? Does anyone like this song? Does anyone like Psycho Circus? You just gotta have every era represented. Uh... Is that the only '90s song they played? Not that there's a lot to choose from. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I think I think it was because the I only think that's other the only reason the only other '90s kiss would be like pre-return to makeup, and no one knows what that is. <laughs> that's like unholy, right? Yeah. Unholy on revenge and uh, and God gave rock and roll to you. I think mm. those are the same album. It's weird okay. that they there's they like don't that play one. that, but yeah. they play it at the end on a speaker. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna save that for like the end, like with songs that like I wish they'd played, but I'll just say it now. I really wish they'd played "God Gave Rock and Roll to You." I really like that song. It was fun to walk out. To. <laughs> they should have just yes. been like, "Okay, everybody has to leave while we play this song." <laughs> it just seems weird, including the Psycho Circus period at all, because it seemed like such a sham. Like, I mean, Kiss did go on tour, and I guess a lot of people like that tour, the original lineup in the '90s. But like that album is such. Although I guess how many Kiss albums are shams where it's like it's not even the whole band playing on it. Yeah, you can make that complaint about multiple albums. <laughs> it's also confusing because it didn't have like any cool pyrotechnics. Really, it just had these dumb bowling alley circus graphics going going on in the background. Yeah, God. Bowling alley shit, and especially in a song that's called Psycho Circus, you like you think you could bring in some sort of like, I mean they don't bring in other people, but like a gymnast or something. I don't know something, some sort of circus <laughs> element. If only it seems Paul like this would have been a good song for the fire to blow fire. If only Paul Stanley had like gone into a, I don't know, made it like a medley with his Folgers jingle that's circus themed for some reason. Yeah, that is trapeze artist. Yeah. And then at the end of the song, he just vanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a magic trick. That would have been great if he disappeared at the end of Psycho Circus. Because, you know, you have that kind of stuff in circuses. Okay, moving on. They played I Love It Loud. Um, again, man, I really wish I liked Creatures of the Night more. Have you guys tried to listen to that album? Nope. Nope. I feel like a lot of people say, like, it's like one of the best Kiss albums. It's like the third or fourth best album. <laughs> And I've tried putting it on, and it's like pretty hair metally. It's it's kind of Def Leppardy. Like I hate like that '80s like arena rock that has that crappy big drum sound. Yeah. Yeah. It really seems like they're already trying to cash in on like a new style of music that's emerging. And I love it loud is like kind of fun, but. I don't know. It doesn't even have like a good solo in it. That's one of those songs where it's like Ace Freely is on the cover of that album and he's in the music video. He doesn't play a note on that album. <laughs> so I think that's pretty funny. Um, moving on, they played a uh, another 80s song from 1989, Hide Your Heart. 
This is the song where everyone sat down. <laughs> like, this is probably, like, the, the low point of the entire show. This song sucks so bad. And here's the thing. That album that it's on, is it Hot in the Shades? Yeah. Hot in the Shades. I think we all, we all know the big ballad from that album, right? Forever, yeah. Forever. Why wouldn't you just play forever? Like, I know it's cheesy, but I feel like the crowd would really prefer that and gotten into that. I've been so into that. Do you think the thing is they just don't want to play acoustic guitars? It just could, I don't know, it could be divisive. they're just embarrassed. Maybe some people would do. divisive? Yeah. Well, it's like a, it's, it wasn't co-written by Michael Bolton? Yeah. Like, it's, I don't think they're proud of that song. It's like so soft. For kiss, I don't know. It, it, I feel like you're taking a risk if you play that one in front of the the hardcore kiss heads. Yeah, like I love it, but it's I think you bring up a good point by like they're not proud of it, but like I think Paul Stanley is proud of "Hide Your Heart" because I was reading up about the song a little bit. Apparently, the song was first given to Bonnie Tyler, and she recorded a version of it. And then he gave it to Molly Hatchet, and it's on their 1989 album, Lightning Strikes Twice. And then this is one of the weirdest things. Right before that um, Hot in the Shades album came out, he let Ace Freely cover it on one of his solo albums. So right before a Kiss album with this song came out, an Ace Freely album also with this song came out. That's weird. It's bizarre. And then there was another version even after the Kiss version that someone covered, like... I guess they just think it's a really, really good song. I was just watching the music video, and it's super lame. Mainly, like, the chorus, I was surprised by how lame it was. I'm trying to find exactly what the... It was something to the effect of, like, the chorus is just like... Yeah, 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 hey, 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 do, 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 do. Like, and they're being, like, being super serious. They're literally saying do, 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 do. And like Gene Simmons is like wearing like leather like fingerless gloves and he's like all sparkly and he's holding the bass up really close to his face like they're so cool. And I'm like this is the worst period of Kiss. This is just so bad. This is this is no makeup. This is no makeup. This is 1989. This is forever period. But like they're still like in their rock songs are still like super flashy colors and lots of leather. I'm into it. And is then, this, I, is this and then X I was watching some X other era, or is this before or after that? Uh, I don't know when X. I mean, you're the expert on X is Sex. I, I don't know what album that song's yeah. on. It could be on. Uh, I'm Shades. afraid to look it up. My computer's gonna blow up. <laughs> uh, I'll look it up for you. X. Um, it, that's on. That was on a greatest hits. Smashes, album. thrashes, and hits. Yeah. And it's only the year before. Yeah. So it is basically the same period. 1988. I'm just like I'm. I'm I, lo- I like that era, era because Paul Stanley like stopped playing guitar, because like fr- frontmen don't <laughs> oh, play yeah. guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he played guitar on the albums. But. I was watching that some of those late '80s videos. It, it really struck me how it was so weird that Kiss started as this '70s rock band and then did the disco thing and then did the hair metal thing and then did the hair metal thing even harder by the end of the '80s. Like, just wearing ridiculous colors and, and leather. Well, it's like they don't have makeup, so they got to do something else. And then they did the Michael Bolton thing. And then in the 90s, they tried to go a little, almost a little grunge with songs like <laughs> Unholy 
And there's an album that no one talks about that came out right before Psycho Circus called like Carnival of Souls. It has a really shitty album cover of just them standing around in the studio. And it's like super dark, like trying to be like Alice in Chains. And it's so bad. (laughs) But it's like they were just trying to cash in on what kind of rock was popular then. And then since then, it's just all been... Nostalgia, nostalgia tour, nostalgia, 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 because that's what sells. It just—it's so funny to me that they, like really embraced every big fad that came by their way. I wish they had gone like pop punk in the late nineties, mid two thousands. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. How can they ever collaborate with like Green Day or something? They never did like mumble yeah. rap. I feel like I can't imagine Kiss ever being defiant against the government. I feel like Kiss is like pretty pro government. <laughs> Do they have any songs that are like all about like how America like rocks? There's a Kiss song called "All American Man," which is on the fourth side of Alive Two. It's really stupid. I've never listened to Alive Two. Yeah, is it's weird. Time? It's weird because the fourth side of it is just studio tracks that never got put on an yeah. album, but they had to make it a double album for some reason. That's so weird. All right. Well, I'm going to check out Alive Two after we uh, after we do this. I don't think I'll venture into three and four, but I've always wanted to listen to Alive Two. I bet that's pretty fun. It's because uh, that is the original lineup. Alive Three is like yeah. early '90s. Oh fuck that! Never yeah. mind. <laughs> is that Eric Carr or Eric Singer? Ooh, I don't know. It's a good Kiss trivia question. Yeah. Who's the drummer on Kiss Three? Because I bet that's a pretty weird lineup. Yeah. I'm gonna take a moment. We took we took a moment to read about uh, Gene Simmons masterclass. I could take a moment <laughs> to check this out. Okay, it was Bruce. Yeah, it was Bruce Culloch and Eric Singer. I think okay. Kiss Alive Four though has Ace, but not Peter, or maybe the other way around, or something weird mm-hmm. like that. Um, I believe. Okay, it. yeah. Here, this is fucking bizarre. Alive Four is Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Tommy Thayer, and Peter Chris. I need to find out how this happened. Yeah, it was that brief. He quit, or yeah, you know, he quote unquote quit again. Okay, uh, we're almost, we're almost through this. So uh, next, we played "Let Me Go" rock and roll, which is you know, it's a good song. It's the last song on Alive. I think because of that, it's always been a little bit of an afterthought for me. Like, <laughs> I love Alive, but for me, it kind of ends with rock and roll all night. I don't know about you guys. No, I feel the same way. I do wonder if there could have been a better. 70s era kiss song to play than this one i mean the obvious answer would be strutter but i guess they don't play it live anymore for what maybe it's just too hard to do it doesn't it's just too, seem it's that pretty hard. simple <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they it's play like too harder hard to sings. sing sing in parentheses maybe <laughs> i don't know I do. I've always loved the, the the baby's got the feeling. Baby wants a show. Baby, won't you tell me, baby, rock and roll? I do like that part of the song, even though I feel I feel like the rest is just kind of typical blues rock played quickly. Yeah, it's an okay song, but yeah, it seems like kind of just we need to fill out the set somehow. So let's put that in there. But uh, moving on, we have Love Gun. Uh, for this, Paul went over the stage onto some sort of weird suspended catwalk thing. <laughs> how was uh? How'd you guys feel about that? It's fucking sweet. Except he didn't come all the way to the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a mic set up. Uh, there, there's uh, 
there's, there's a mic set up at every end. You know, he could he could sing towards the stage, he could sing towards opposite stage, he could sing to the right, sing to the left, and he didn't go to one side. Uh, maybe there's something wrong with the mic. I would have been so mad if I was <laughs> on the left side. I would have been pissed, man. He didn't come to my mic, but he went to all the other ones. He could have at least come over and like, you know, done some move. You know, whatever he does, just a little dance. I don't know. Is is very very unusual. I actually didn't like the catwalk thing. I, I feel like hmm. I didn't really see him very well. You couldn't really get a good shot of him through the cameras. And so I was not super stoked when he stayed up there for I was made for loving you. <laughs> but he had to be close to the disco ball. Or else no one would know. Oh, were there the disco, disco balls ball. up there? Yeah. Yeah, there was one. I didn't even notice. A I, don't know. I, just... I like how he's like I was just gonna say I like how he's like, Oh please I don't wanna go. Please let me stay up here <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta say that like I I think this whole show works mainly because of Paul Stanley. Like he's he's the one doing all the work and like getting the audience jazzed up and like actually running around the stage and you know, he he's just putting in the most effort, I feel like and you know, it's impressive, I guess, at like 60 he's in good shape. years old. Yeah, and he's in good shape, yeah. too. And, uh, you know, I like, I like how the older that Gene gets, just the more armor he puts on. Yeah. <laughs> to hide his, yeah. his bulge. Yeah, yeah. Again, when I was talking to Sean after after the show, like, you know, he was surprised that, like, Paul Stanley was so much the leader and that Gene Simmons, like, just kind of sits over, stands over there and grunts, like, barely says anything. <laughs> That's just what he's always done. I don't know if Paul Stanley gets enough credit for his contributions, like in terms of being the front man, the leader, and writing like all the songs. Well, that's I was listen again listening to some of that audiobook today, and he was like talking about how the thing that Colin had mentioned this to me a while ago about um, about how like they did definitely like try to you know, play up the fact that they were like the Beatles and like they all contributed equally, you know, yeah. and that's why they had to have like, you know, stroke and right. or not stroke. <laughs> <laughs> they had to have shock me and they had to have Beth and everybody sang. And then Paul's yeah. like going on and on about how, even though this was a totally fabricated thing, Peter and Ace started like actually thinking that they were like contributing a whole lot, even though they really weren't. <laughs> Yeah. That's so sad. But tr- I mean, kind of true, basically. <laughs> I mean, how many songs did they really like do? Like, not many. He was I mean, like, yeah, like, like did on the they reunion did write a few. I mean, well, I mean, he's like guns, talking about how, gin, talking about how, uh, Beth. yeah, talking about how Peter Chris wrote Beth, and basically like came in with like barely like a song, just like a <laughs> like a like a. Like a one phrase melody and that the producer guy like basically wrote it yeah. and they had to oh bob ezra yeah, yeah. And they had to like record his vocals like six dozen times and then like splice <laughs> it together to yeah. get a usable take so mean though like like he couldn't do anything right he couldn't sing or anything he was good enough to be on that 2003 tour or whatever with tommy thayer <laughs> yeah Gotta check out a live four, see how that turns out. Mm. Alright, and then uh, Black Diamond. Classic. Uh, Paul Stanley showed us all how to sing the intro, which I could have done without, but <laughs> mainly because I hate it when the like the audience prominently sings along at a rock show because it always sounds like shit. 
no exception at this particular show. Because, <laughs> you know, they do the ooh too early, and it sounds just really stupid. <laughs> uh, but Black Diamond's fucking sick. I mean, that's such, such, such a great song. That might be my favorite performance on Alive, maybe. Mm. I'd have to think about that. I didn't. I never knew that that was a, a Peter Chris vocal song on the verse. Yeah, yeah. So of course they carried on that tradition by having Eric sing. I just love how the, it has to be that way. <laughs> like Gene can't sing that or whatever. It's got to be. Yeah. It has to be the way. I mean, that it Eric works. Singer's a Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer are both like great vocalists. Too. I I watched a, Tommy I watched a YouTube video of Tommy Thayer playing Shock Me, and it's weird like hearing a melody. Yeah. Like I think Tommy Thayer had to like invent a melody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the worst song I've ever heard. <laughs> I like the chorus. Like, even the chorus was like dun, 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 dun. Put on your black leather. Now, actually, no, Shock Me Sweet. I love Shock Me. <laughs> they were playing um, Shock Me in place of Cold Gin on uh, a lot of the shows on their, their cruise. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish that they had Shock Me. I don't know if I would have picked Shock Me over Cold Gin for this show. Probably not, but I, I would have got a kick out of seeing Shock Me. Yeah. Tommy Thayer. <laughs> I want to hear this version with a melody. I have not heard this version. <laughs> So Black Diamond, you know, jamming, pretty sweet, fade to black. Uh, no bullshit. We don't have to wait too long for the encore, uh, <laughs> which weirdly enough started with uh, Beth. So Eric Singer came through the floor with a grand piano. <laughs> I feel like, Nancy, you're like, let me see his hands. Is he playing that? <laughs> you couldn't see we never hands. really got a very good look at his hands. We don't know. They did have strings, like, recording, playing. But mostly, like, I was surprised how much of it relied on the vocal and piano. I mean, there there, yeah, there was some string stuff, but not throughout the whole song. Yeah. Um, Of course, you know, who knows how much of any of this show is live, and I want to get into that a little (laughs) bit right at the end of this. Um, But for the most part, I thought it was impressive, but I also thought it was in poor taste to do Beth. I didn't... (laughs) I didn't think we needed Beth. It just seems weird. It seems like Peter Chris's song. Yeah. It seems really weird to include. Yeah, but that's the point. I mean, it is. There's their no num- shame. Their, it's their only number one hit. <laughs> you got to play the hit. That's so funny. I'm sure like they're so pissed about that. <laughs> but see, that, that's the thing. It's like there's there's absolutely no shame, and nor should there be. It's just part. No. It's the experience of Kiss. Is like. <laughs> They don't give a shit about each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the money. Yeah. So just like have the guy that's wearing the same makeup play the same song and sing yeah. the same song. <laughs> I wish bands that didn't wear makeup did stuff where they place band members. They got a guy that looked like exactly like him to take his place. <laughs> just kind of pretend like nothing's happened. Someday we really got to do uh, a poon show where like one of us is replaced with like some guy who looks totally different. We just don't even mention it. <laughs> that one show. Uh, it would be replacing something... Jake with AJ, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. 
And then at the end of Beth, the whole band like came out and kind of like leaned awkwardly hung against the piano. Yeah, <laughs> like it's what are we, what are we expressing here? Like this is just like we're a family, I guess is kind of the sentiment. <laughs> but it's really like we just saw this one dude spit blood, and now he's like, oh, you guys are my friends. <laughs> it's just so cheesy, it's so stupid. Uh. At this point of the show, I totally had lost track and thought that the next song was the last one. But for some reason, they put in one more. Um, they do Do You Love Me, yeah. which is kind of an interesting addition. At that point, I was kind of like, I mean, I like that song for sure. But I, I was like, why didn't we include like some more singles? There's definitely some more hits we're not playing. I wonder why they wanted to play Do You Love Me. I, I wonder if it's just so Paul Stanley can say, hey, do you love me? Like make it all about him or make it all about them. Yeah. It's probably more to feed that ego than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I was just getting ready for this show to wrap up. I knew mm-hmm. it was coming. And of course it's they close the show with rock and roll all night. And they you know, they go all out for this. They, there's the raining confetti, there's explosions, Gene and Tommy are like on those platforms that go around the crowd. Like yeah. it's it's pretty great. <laughs> that was pretty sweet I was so into it I wish we were a little bit closer to all the confetti though mm. I don't think I've ever been rained on with confetti at a show yet <laughs> but how many opportunities are you going to get to do that no idea I also saw some balloons I read on uh, mm. Kiss Reddit that those are black balloons too how much do you think one of those is worth huh uh, I was saying how much do you think one of those Kiss balloons is worth <laughs> Ten dollars? Not that much. Ten thousand? Ten thousand dollars. Are there any balloons on Gene's site that you can buy? Ten thousand bucks. It's got blood on it. Prices may vary depending on how much confetti is on the balloon. (laughs) But yeah, and that was it. And uh, then we're walking out to God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they didn't play it. I would have liked them to play it, but okay. I guess this is what we're getting. Mm -hmm. Um... So then, yeah, uh, let's get into something that we haven't really talked about. Um, a lot of diehard fans have been talking about this tour and how Kiss performs these days and says that they don't actually sing anymore, that they're using like, lip singing <laughs> and backing tracks, maybe not even actually playing their instruments. Uh, I mean, do you guys think that is true? as someone who's seen the show like can you believe like that could that could be I n- true i never it never seemed weird to me yeah nothing seemed off it, it felt like they were singing <laughs> I, I, you know, it was never like well this sounds too good it was just like this sounds about like what i would expect i guess the the only thing is like people said that paul stanley sounded really bad like a couple of years ago and so like and so now it's like and now he sounds like completely passable yeah so it's kind of like i wish he would just sound horrible yeah but i think they're definitely playing their instruments it's not hard to play rhythm guitar on a kiss song that you've been playing for 70 years there's a lot of conspiracy videos like look at he's not playing the note at this one moment (laughs) or like look he's not singing at this one moment i I did notice like in the first song like his mic wasn't on or something, and then like hmm. he was like singing, and then like it came on as he was singing. Hmm. But but I I think just like it was like a mic issue. 
seemed like a. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't. I certainly don't have any issue if they're playing to like backing tracks because I know a lot of bands, like older bands, do that. You know, where you'll have pre-recorded backup vocals to make the the backing the backup vocals sound big, mm-hmm. and that doesn't bother me. The thing is, like all these people, how can you possibly get mad? if they're using backing tracks or even like he's like lip syncing on the really hard parts, you know, it's like kiss is a complete fabrication. Like that's the point. Yeah. It's what it was founded on. Yeah. Alive. Like, isn't yeah. an actual live album. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not like, that's what you're there for. I don't want to go see kiss if it's going to sound like complete garbage the whole time. I guess it answers my next question, question, which was, if Kiss is lip-syncing, does that make the show like worse or change your perception of Kiss? But it doesn't sound like it does. Like it makes it more Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> that's the case. Like, I was impressed by how like good Paul sounded. So if, it's, if he's cheating, you know, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But like I was saying earlier, it's like seeing Kiss isn't really like seeing necessarily a band. It's more of like it's just it's seeing a show. Yeah, it's like go like it's going to Vegas. You know, I could. I'm actually really surprised Kiss has never done like a residency at Vegas. They haven't. Maybe they have, and I'm just not aware. I Maybe they have. They are. I think I saw okay. a Kiss live in Vegas like T-shirt on someone at the concert. And you know, it, and it's so funny when I hear Kiss saying like. Or at least this is a rumor that after they're done playing, they'll just have guys take the personas and keep playing as Kiss, like they're like Blue Man Group or something, you know? Like, just gonna have someone continue on, and uh, I find that so Kiss. And I don't know, maybe I would see that. I just, I just wonder, I wonder about the egos of like it's easy to replace Peter and Ace, but I think it'd be harder to replace. I think it'd be harder for Paul to replace himself. <laughs> you don't Pers- think he would? I mean, it's it's probably like he's had like surgeries and stuff, and I'm sure it's it's no, tough. I, no, I understand I mean, that, but I'm, I'm just saying like we, you've been doing this for you know 50 years or whatever. You're gonna have someone else step in for you. Like it's one thing to have someone step in for this guy that doesn't even like know what music is, you know. But you created like the best music of all time. You know, is someone going <laughs> to replace you? That's the question, isn't it? <laughs> I think it... And, I, and we're going to have to wait and see if that if that happens. Um... <sighs> well, we're going to have to wait till all this like groping litigation plays itself out. <laughs> yeah. I have something that segues good into, the, into that, but I think I'm going to actually ask one more question before that. W- were, were there any songs that you... That you were really disappointed they didn't play. Yeah, just because this is the last time they're ever playing in Tacoma. <laughs> just, just Strutter for what? me. Yeah. I'm a big Strutter just guy. Strutter. Um, one that I was just confused they didn't play is the "Call Me Doctor Love" song. Like, oh, yeah. why would you not play that? Seems like they would have played it. When you when you have so many non-single songs, like, like I've heard that on the radio tons of times. Why would you not play that? Because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sean just walked by and said, because it sucks. We heard him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then uh, my last question before I wrap this up. Do you think this is really the end? I guess I, we've already kind of touched on that with this fake kiss going out. But, like, do you think this is the end for real kiss? Do you think they're going to keep playing after this tour? I don't really care. 
<laughs> like I got to see them and that's enough. And if they keep going, it, it, it wouldn't be that surprising. But also, would that make you mad though that you didn't actually see the end of the tour? tour? No, like if there's end of the tour too. Absolutely not. I'd be, be not surprised because they just they just can't help making money, and also they just got like a need to to feed that ego by having thousands of fans cheer them on. And no, I'll let you guys know what Gene says when I take his master class. Yeah, you can ask him yourself. Yeah, ask him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause you, yeah, it's gonna be a fortune, but yeah, okay. I look forward to it. I look forward to hearing about it. And uh, yeah, and if you like what you've heard and want to hear more, you can go to iTunes and find this podcast by searching Rock Talk. That's R O K K Rock, not R O C K. Or you can search Mildly Please. You can also go to mildlyplease.com where you'll find Rock Talk and all our other episodes and some of our other podcasts. And uh, thanks for listening. Anyone have a kiss lyric to close out on? You make me rock hard. I feel tired Saturday night.